got the real deal now. Ooh. Gonna kick this sorry ass out on the street. Hello everybody, welcome to the Lowdown Wrestling Podcast. My name is Robert Fuller and returning to the show is the host of the What I'm Maneuver Podcast, it's Joe Drilling. Joe, welcome back. Well, thank you very much for uh, having me, Robert. I appreciate it. Yeah, and um, what we're talking about today is um, Ric Flair versus Matchman Randy Savage for the Dodger Championship at WrestleMania 8. And the reason I've gone for this is that, from my personal viewpoint, this is the first ever wrestling event that I've ever seen. Uh, when it was 10 years old in 1992 and uh, this is probably one as well as the match of the event um, uh, probably one of the best matches but um, one thing I've noticed that WWE they don't seem to uh, view it that way because they very rarely talk about this match or WrestleMania 8 in general yeah they um, well so first of all I think that may, uh, part of my thought is that they're embarrassed because it, it's not the main event the main event is a absolutely garbage match between Sid and Hogan, which uh, I covered on the um, Bowling Shoe Ugly cast with my friend Greg. Uh, we riffed on that match, and it's it's shit. It sucks. And I don't get, you know, why that match was... I mean, I, get, I guess I get why, because it's Hogan, but this match is so much better. I feel like the crowd is more into this match. Um... You know, there's a million reasons why, and and I think maybe part of it is in retrospect they feel silly for not putting that on as the main. Obviously, they had beef with Savage for a long time, but that hatchet has been buried. Yeah. Um, and they don't have beef with Flair, so I don't know why they don't push this more. I mean, I would say, you know, of of the first, certainly of the first ten WrestleManias, this is the best title match. Yeah. Um, you know, prior to this, I feel like the um the sort of deal with WrestleMania title matches was generally it was, you know, the, the two biggest stars, but not necessarily the two guys who could put on the best matches. Yeah. And, you know, stuff like, you know, like Savage versus Hogan isn't bad, uh, but it's not great either, but stuff like, like Hogan versus Andre, like I get why people love it, but it's not a very good match. You know, Andre is not very mobile. There's a lot of sort of staggering around, and it's just not a very good match. Um, Hogan versus Bundy is not a good match. You know, stuff like that. And so this match definitely stands out as being the best title match of the early WrestleManias. And it's certainly a contender for best, you know, uh, overall, I would say, uh, as far as title matches at WrestleMania go. This is a really excellent match. And, and as far as Savage's WrestleMania output goes, I would certainly say that it's, um, you know, it's probably on the same level as uh, his match with Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, I think in terms of detail, because, I mean, we were talking about the main event of this match, because this, as I said before, this is the first ever wrestling thing I ever saw. I, I knew of Hulk Hogan, so I did find it weird. Hogan's like this big hero and all this stuff, and he spends most of the main event getting his ass kicked by Sid Justice. 
and I'm like thinking to myself, why should we cheer for this guy? Because you know, so used <laughs> right. to being being the because you know all my friends had him on this pedestal. I'm watching him get his ass kicked. I'm like, no, I, can't, I don't see it. So, yeah. um, and, and another thing I love about that is um, <laughs> that hit. Uh, they talk about and and in the opening because I watched just the very opening while I was fast forwarding to find the match on the network. They talk about how you know this match might be Hogan's last. Yes, spoiler alert, it's not. Yeah, right. With the benefit of hindsight, that is just you know. Yeah, because um, hilarious. Yeah, I think I think with Hogan, I know he was doing some TV show, and I think this is I think it's when the um, Star Wars thing was just starting to flare up. I think so. They were going, yeah, it might be his last night. Well, um, yeah, spoiler alert, it wasn't. Um, right. So the story behind this is kind of um, twofold in a way. It kind of starts uh, with the Warrior Rumble in 1992. Uh, the title had been vacated due to the shenanigans involving Hogan, Flair, and Undertaker. And uh, Rick Flair wins that match to become the WF champion. Uh, right. It was, it was, it was uh, Hogan lost the title at Survivor Series thanks to Flair's interference. Yeah. Survivor Series 91. Then they had a rematch at this Tuesday in Texas, uh, which was a Tuesday night pay-per-view. Super weird. Uh, Hogan won it back, but there were some, yeah, there were more further shenanigans there, if if memory serves. And they um, essentially, yeah, just said, you know what, we're we're vacating the championship and it's going to be, you know, held up. Yeah. Um, For fans of the podcast, um, I have talked about this last year when we talked about Warrior Moon 92. Um, but pretty much, uh, you had to get a bit where you had a press conference in WrestleMania where pretty much Hulk Hogan gets announced as the one contender. And then it, it's never quite clear how we go from what looks like to be Hogan Flair to the two main events that we have uh, have ended up with. Because, um, as far as I know, there's nothing really in store. And I just seem to just, just go in that direction. Which is um, fine, unless you found something that could, could you know, could make them see that way. Because there's a lot of people saying that, you know, well, uh, because Hogan and Flair were having lots of like matches at house shows, and a lot of people saying that, um, oh, they didn't think. Well, it seems to say now that that, you know, Hogan and Flair was able to be a big enough draw and all that stuff. Uh, Flair's actually mentioned that facing Hogan during his time with WWF was never really on the agenda. Um, so, do you can you think of any reason why they got to that, or it's just like one of those things that just happened? Yeah, the only thing that I can think of, I mean, it's just it's it's so hard now. And I've read various things, and I've heard interviews, and yeah, I heard Flair talk about it, Hogan talk about it. Um, you know, Hogan is someone that you can't really ever trust. I don't think. Yeah. Um, my suspicion is honestly that, you know, Hogan probably didn't want to put Flair over. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's weird to say, like, oh, it wouldn't be a draw because they put both of them as part of a double main event at WrestleMania, right? So yeah. clearly they thought they could draw individually. So what, you know? Yeah. Uh Yes. And uh, I, I don't know. I just it's just it's just one of those things that's mishandled. That that would have been the big money match. I I certainly think. I and mean, of course they've got a packed house at the Hoosier Dome, which is yeah. weird because I feel like wrestling's popularity was kind of on the wane by this point. Yeah. Um, 
you know, early 90s, you're kind of coming off the, the hot streak of the 80s and you're about to enter uh, what I recently referred to on another podcast as sort of the uh, the the nadir of WrestleMania, which is, in my opinion, is 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. Is a streak of three very middling WrestleMania cards that just don't really... And this one, too, honestly, is part of that. This one is saved by, um, you know, Brett versus Piper and Savage versus Flair. Uh, but the rest of the card is not very good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I think that's probably one of the reasons why um, like, don't we, don't we, don't we talk about it, I don't really talk about much because I can't positively I think that up until except for the, like, the tag team match before Flair match up to that point you had like three maybe four quite good matches and then after the title match it kind of just veer, like veers off and become uh, you know matches that aren't great you get like a like a 50 second match with Owen Hart and Skin and stuff like that so, um, yeah, I see what you mean. It's like, it's like, that period is not really like a great period in terms of WrestleMania's step. Um, yeah. In that thing. I mean, just running down this card, the match immediately before this is a five-minute-long eight-man tag yeah. between you know, Boss Man Virgil, Slaughter, and Hacksaw versus the Nasty Boys, the Repo Man, and the Mountie. And if memory serves... The dude who was the Ray Combs, who was the host of Family Feud, does the ring introductions yeah. and this really stupid goof thing, and then it's a five-minute eight-man tag. That's the quality of stuff that, and like you said, Owen Hart versus Skinner is a minute and eleven seconds. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, and even the, you know, Jake, Jake versus Undertaker is six minutes, and Roberts is doing it because, you know, he threatened to, qu- he threatened to not do it if Vince wouldn't release him from his contract. Yeah. Stuff like that. Even Sean versus Tito, which those are guys that I like, but Tito's way past his prime. Sean hasn't really hit his stride as a singles wrestler yet. It's just kind of a, you know, again, in my estimation, besides those two matches, Brett yeah. versus Piper and, and this one we're talking about, it's not a very strong card. And, and things are sort of on the wane, so I don't really know how they packed 62,000 people into the Hoosier Dome, but they, they managed. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, so but this match is just, it's aces. It's better than the card that it that it sits on for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, so pretty much um, for reasons, um, Mashman ends up becoming the number one contender, and Flair like keeps on like psychologically talking. Pretty much his whole basis is that Flair's like going, "I was with Elizabeth before you were." So you see um, like little bits of like on like superstars of like Flair showing like these pictures of of him and Elizabeth together like on the by a pool. Um he ended up getting getting published in WF magazine and seeing pictures that certainly were not taken contemporaneous with when this angle was yeah. being done. These are obviously very old, yes. legitimate pictures, of yes. course. Yeah of course yeah. Um yeah the fossils of uh, them like having breakfast and then by horse bazaar and stuff like that. Um now, spoiler alert, it, it turns out later on that they're all being doctored and all that stuff, and it's like, we seem like quite advanced in the 90s, you know, kind of like super, superimposed <laughs> right. um, uh, Flair's body on top of Macho Man and so on. So pretty much, uh, when it gets to this match, I think it's safe to say Macho Man is pretty pissed, Cause especially when, in other than that, in real life, Savage always been protective of Elizabeth, so to kind of take elements of that and use them as a storyline, I thought, obviously worked and really met you know 
made you want to want Savage to go and kill Flair for this match, yeah. effectively. Um, so before the match, you get and and what's funny is they were actually divorced. They were shooting yeah. divorced by this time. Yeah, it could be. Uh, could, they right around this time. Oh, okay, I can't remember if they were divorced before they had their wedding the year before. You know, the, the wedding of SummerSlam. Right, they had the, they had the I, I believe, they divorced in 92. Oh, so, okay, right, so it's after that. Yeah, it's after that, but I think it's, yeah. I think it was right around this time. Yeah, um, so. Oh, no, sorry, it, they were not yet divorced, but they were about to be. Okay, right. Um, so, yeah, so uh, before the match, you get uh, Sean Moody interview Perfect and Flair. Perfect tells Moody to shut up, and they pretty much boast. They've always been boasted about having this big, like, set the fault of Elizabeth, and they're showing the big screen after their victory, and they'll, like, brag about it. And I and I forgot how good a, how good a talker Perfect is, because I don't really get to see him that much, uh, you know, just in general. Because um, I never really saw him that much. Cause I, I did my first experience watching Western, so see, I just see him, never saw him as a Western until about a year after this, but. Him and Flair just work so well together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, a big thing about this is um, they they push that that whole uh, thing with Liz and, and Savage is just... These guys are just such good storytellers. You know, yeah. Savage is just a total house of fire and Flair is a you know, devious heel with perfect at his side and even in that promo the pre-match promo where you see flair um you know he is taunting and he is getting in the head of savage and then yeah as you said we, we don't get a savage promo before the match no um and it's just the setup is so perfect yeah know, sure. yes yeah, going into it yeah. no pun intended um <laughs> Yeah, so um, we, so we, he has he's outside matches with room and he's saying not you know matches matches with granted interviews. Right. And yeah. one thing I kind of he's kind of like kind of getting, trying to get in the head of Savage like perhaps he's like thinking about this title match or perhaps he just wants to like brutally murder Flair, kind of thing. Um, so um, Flair comes out with Perfect. Um, the commentators here are Gunnar Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, who still to this day are, I think are the best com- uh, commented pairing ever. Um. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely top five if not if not the top. Yeah, and one thing I liked about Gorilla is that he he don't really get it so much, less so much. Um, Michael Cole doesn't really do so much, but I know they got the new SmackDown commentator uh, Mo Ronaldo, I think his name is, and a lot of people compared him to Gorilla Monsoon because like Monsoon like described the moves are happening and stuff like that, and that, that was good for me watching West for the first time because I didn't I didn't know what these moves were, so I'm like, oh wait that's a bad break right. and all that stuff. Um, and obviously Heenan's kind of aligned with uh, Flair and Perfect as well. Um, so he's like gushing yeah. about, you know, the robe that Flair has, this big like big red robe and Nature Boy in the back. And he's like mm-hmm. gushing over that and like Gwyn's like, you know, stop, <laughs> please. Well, he he's the one who brought Flair to the WWE brought quote unquote brought Flair to the WWF, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean I and managed him, you know, managed him a little bit, um, I believe when he you know, and and um, so he's clearly, you know, he's buddies with Perfect. He's definitely going to be in the corner of, yeah. of Flair. And uh, he, uh, I mean, those robes were beautiful. Those robes, I believe, his robes were made by the uh, wife of the late Mister Wrestling Two. Um, she made most of the most of the really extravagant, like gorgeous robes you see yeah. on uh, wrestlers of the of the seventies, eighties, nineties, were made by her. Yeah. She specialized in doing that. She did wonderful work. 
Yes, that's true. Um, and then we don't get to see the network, but uh, we get to see um, on the video version. Low Hell Hayes got like Magic Cat Savage has he's going to the going towards the uh, ring, and um, I can't remember what he said because I can't find it. But it's like you know, Savage is a little bit of a promo, and it's like you know you get out of here, and then Hayes goes, let's go back to ringside. Mm. Um, then Savage comes out, he like jogs to the ring, effectively goes. In. Yeah, he. He runs, and the entrance ramp is super far away. Oh, yeah, it's miles away. As, yeah, as it is in these sort of big uh, stadium shows. It's really yeah. far away. He, he runs to the ring. He is an absolute house of fire to start oh, yeah. this match. And and he is totally bringing the hate, which is something that I absolutely love, and he is so good at it. Yeah. Um, you know, he runs down there, and he just grabs... He gets a hold of Flair right away and just starts pummeling him. Yeah. Uh, they go out... They spill outside the ring until Perfect pulls... Macho off of Flair. Yeah. Uh, you know. That's the only thing I found weird was the beginning of it because obviously Shabby goes after and then Flair kind of like tosses the belt in and then just goes up the iron like, you're leaving? But obviously, <laughs> obviously Sammy's just like, nope, grabs him and then obviously Perfect grabs him and like, uh, and obviously, um, that's the point of during this match, it's like Heenan is just taught, like slagging off Savage, slagging on Elizabeth, beating up the. Um, Little flair and perfect all the time during this match and really like struggling to like deal with that. He also like yells himself hoarse. Like by the end of this oh, yeah. card, he can barely talk. Um, That's true. It's it's brilliant. Um, so pretty much the bell wins and then um, the ring wins pretty much as soon as he attacks flair in the aisle effectively. Um, and then Savage goes after perfect and then slides in the ring and then the match kind of fishy starts with they're hitting like the chops and but it gets closed down by Savage. And one thing I found weird is that um I'm so used to hearing the woo after a chop. Uh yeah. Yeah. It's just a bit weird Flair does the chop and like, oh there's no woo. Oh yeah, that's not, that's yeah, not there's, like a very, there's like a very little a cu- like a couple people yeah. do it, but it's not it's not like it is, you know, now. Yeah, where um it, it gets so bad as in where you, you hear it in video games now. Yeah, right, right. Um the whole thing, the whole major storyline of this match is that, you know, like we said, Savage's or uh, Flair has gotten in Savage's head, and he's so fired up, yeah. and Flair is meticulous, and he is calm, and he is striking with purpose. Yeah, uh, he's got a strategy, and he's got perfect in his corner. So the whole thing is about. Uh, you know, the the fire and the passion of Savage versus the sort of calm, detached uh, cunning of Flair. Yeah. And perfect. And it just works really well from a storytelling perspective. It's not a. It's not like they're not. That's not breaking new ground, uh, storytelling wise in wrestling. But it is uh, arguably one of the best executions of that pretty pretty basic uh, wrestling storyline. Um, you know, and so it, it's just for the first, however long, Savage is all over Flair. Just yeah. you know, Flair gets in a chop or two, Savage reverses and like lands uh, several punches, stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it gets to the bit where um, Flair will start to get the advantage. He gets a really, yep, he, really nice yeah, he, vertical suplex and side suplex. Yes, yeah, suspended like Davy Boy Smith style. Yeah. And that's. And again, it's his sort of detachment in the early going that allows him to take over. Yeah. Uh, and I think Monsoon even comments on on it that, you know, Flair... Heenan definitely says that Savage will get himself disqualified if he doesn't sort of reel it in. Yeah. 
Cause especially, I think Monsoon says something too. Yeah, because especially early on when like, the referee's going, the referee's like, oh, help me, by the way. And he's like, going, what are you doing? And he kind of generally like, pushes him to the side <laughs> and like, goes back on, mm-hmm. back after yeah. uh, Flair. Um, pretty much you get uh, more shots than Flair, then clear Flair has like, Savage in the corner, then Savage starts to push himself, push his way out, then hits a reverse net breaker, and then he's like streaming, get up, get up, get up. Uh, this is when like Savage starts to um, get back into it. He hits some punches. Um, he does get a uh, thumb in the eye briefly, and Flair goes on top rope. And here's a quick question, because I'm going to assume you've watched a lot more Flair matches than I have, because with your podcast. Have you ever seen Flair go on the top rope and actually execute a manoeuvre without being a kicked or thrown off? <laughs> he, uh, he hits a knee drop very occasionally. Oh, successfully okay. hits a knee drop once in a great while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, well, so there's two, there's two bits there. So they, they do. So this whole match, what, part of what I like about this match is they work a double heat. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a second, but they, so the end of the first heat flair is sort of working and, and flair's not working the leg to go for the figure four yet. He's sort of concentrating yeah. on Savage's head, uh, you know, head and back sort of area, suspended suplex, a lot of punches some chops, stuff like that. He goes to he goes uh, th- he shoots Savage in and and does uh, ducks down for a back body drop like you said and that's where Savage hits the neckbreaker. Yeah. Uh, uh, Flair telegraphs the so he hits the neckbreaker and like you said that's where he starts to sort of take over. Flair goes up he gets the six pack slam. Yeah. Um, then he gives a thumb to the eye. Then he goes up again, goes for uh, like a double axe handle and Savage just clotheslines him out of his boots. Yes, yeah, true. Which is great. And uh, Perfect's reaction is also great. Oh, yeah, the phone where he's like, oh, oh, come on, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's just uh, so many elements in this match, but it all works so well, and it's yeah. really good to see. Um, after, like, pretty much Savage uh, close line play, close him again, but over the top rope, and then hit yep. uh, a double accent from the top rope, send him to the barrier, and busting him open. And, Bust him wide open, oh, which yeah. is so weird because I feel like this is when, you know, kids were still the main. Uh, that's the thing that I think is weird, I guess, about modern WWE is I feel like kids were the audience for a long time. You know, yeah. Hogan was really the, the rise of Hogan coordinates with the rise of kids being into pro wrestling yeah. more than adults, and we're still in that era. We don't start trying to really get edgy at all uh, for a couple, I mean, a little bit, a couple of years down the line. And adults always like pro wrestling. And I think that's really one of the great things about pro wrestling is that, um, you know, unless it's ECW or something like that, generally speaking, pro wrestling is, um, is appropriate for people of most ages, if not uh, all ages, Uh, you know, five, six years old. I think if you, if if the parents are good at explaining that you know no you shouldn't give your friends pile drivers, um, you know, wrestling is appropriate for a lot of different age groups. And Flair bleeds, not like Starcade '85 bleeds, but like he bleeds a lot yeah. uh, in this match. And and it and it was you know kids were the focus and that was fine. And now it's like you know if someone bleeds the hard way, the ref puts on gloves and they call a doctor down. And there was a CM Punk match a few years ago where they like stopped the match. Yeah, because uh, he got busted open the hard way, and they had brought a doctor down to like check him. Um, yeah, it, it's a bit weird because um, when I first watched this, it was a PG certificate. It's not now. It's a well, it's a fifteen for us. So you can get a DVD, but I think you, you call it an R. Um, 
kind of thing, or TV 14 on the network. And um, I'd be weak, especially that uh, early on in that, about three or four matches before this, uh, Bret Hart is busted open, and the West many many before that, uh, Hulk Hogan gets busted open, and all through, uh, through blading. Um, I think with Flair, he got fined for it. Uh, Bret Hart didn't. Because um, they viewed Bret as it. But if you think about it, you look at the camera angles, when Bret gets hit, because in storyline he gets hit by a, uh, like a cheap shot by Piper, but the camera doesn't focus on him. He focuses on Piper having to go to the referee. The referee's like, oh, "What the fuck are you doing?" But with flares, the camera just stays on Flair when he's blading like point blank in front of everyone. So that's probably <laughs> why he, why he got fined a bit more. Um, so that was the point. Um, Bowser's uh, Flair's head off the the, um, the steel steps and then the ring post. And then Flair does yep. you know, his trademark, you know, he's walking around, fine and fine and fine, and then just goes, fed, <laughs> falls flat on his face. Um, here's the point is hysterical. He's like streaming, get up, get up, as well. Um, Savage reflects Flair, and then rolls him back inside, hits a few punches. Um, hits a double axe out of the two, and then he bothers Savage Flair and hits the elbow drop. Savage covered, and then perfect, but perfect pulls him off. And if you notice, he sees Savage kind of move his leg towards Perfect. And so, so could Perfect, I don't know whether Perfect was in the one position or the pin wasn't where, because Savage is being a perfectionist, uh, whether he wanted to uh, get it that way. But you see, Savage move his leg and Perfect goes in and pulls him off, which I thought was a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about that is, uh, yeah. obviously, Google is like going, you know, he's cheating and. Keenan just blatantly ignores it, going, it's a two count, it's a two count, there was no cheat <laughs> take. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Um, yeah, well, and then, of course, well, not to jump ahead, but yeah. he goes ballistic at the at the finish. Oh, yeah. Heenan goes ballistic, which is great. Um, yeah, but it, it um, this, so then it turns into, once, once Perfect nails Savage in the knee with the chair, yeah. that's when Flair goes after the knee, yeah. big time. Yeah, um, just before that, um, obviously, like, just before chair, uh, Perfect hits with the chair, you get Savage go off to Perfect. They're both in the ring, and then the referee's trying to break it up. And while that's happening, Perfect, like, I, I, I don't know, I say the knuckle dusters, but I know they're not knuckle dusters. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, that is, like, white uh, thing. So. Right, it's like, uh, when I when we, when we I had previously used uh, the gimmick like that, we uh, what we would do is you take like you know like those black combs like a black unbreakable comb, yeah. wrap it in athletic tape and then put an extra loop of tape around so it slides on your hand like brass knuckles and that's yeah. that's how you make one of the that that particular variety of foreign object because if you accidentally stiff somebody with a plastic comb it doesn't really hurt yeah <laughs> you know but yeah. it looks you can tell you see it you see that it's something that's on their hand it looks like you know something. Yeah. I mean, fuck Lawler used to just put his hand in his trunks and pull it out and not have anything in his hand and people thought yeah. that he had some yeah. you know, like a C cell battery or something in his hand or whatever it was that people thought he had in his hand. So you don't even really people will if you frame it correctly, people will buy it. So yeah, it's it's probably just a piece of plastic wrapped in tape. Yeah. True, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that's yeah, that bit is great. He's got he's holding flare perfect by the necktie. Yeah. He is and then uh he folds it and then while well, the referee Perfect world out when the referee's having to go with him. But right. uh, like Flair grabs yeah. Savage and punches him and then yep. um then Perfect gets drops a chair. And Perfect hits, hits him with the chair, yeah, hits him in the knee. And that's when Liz comes out, because I guess she's sick of seeing uh, this sort of two on one craziness. So yeah. Liz comes down to the ring and you've got a very, very, very young Shane McMahon. 
yeah, you got trying Shane, to dissuade her. You got Shane McMahon. You've got Dave Hemmer there in Crane's Bizarre, and two guys I've never. I don't know uh, the name of. Renee Renee Goulet is the one with the really stupid haircut. Oh, okay. Um, and then I don't remember who the other one was. Yeah, and I, it might not have been somebody I recognized either. But Renee Goulet, if you watch a lot of WWE around this time yeah. whenever they do a pull apart Rene Goulet is there with that really stupid like Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber haircut yeah, that he had for years that's true. Tony, uh, it might have been Tony Gurria actually Tony Gurria and Rene Goulet might have been okay. the two guys that recognized that's true. they uh, were like, the, they were like the, the Patterson and Briscoe before Patterson and Briscoe yeah <laughs> um, while well, all that's happening you got the officials outside the wing uh, Flair keeps on tapping the leg and gets to apply the figure four um, and then, um, but he gets, um, which, I don't know, when I first thought, I want to find a way that, you know, shoulders down, but he's not pinned them, but that counts as a pin. But, um, well, because, sorry. so I actually like that. I like the figure four being oh. counting as a pin because his legs are laced in there. Yeah. And his shoulders are down, so he's he's on top of him with the way his legs are laced. I don't know. I like it because it makes you do something while you're in the figure four. If you just yeah. put a guy in a figure four and hold it and he lays there, nothing is happening. Right. Yeah, true. Yeah, and so, the story's not progressing. So if he has to, if he has to keep lifting his shoulder, then it turns into well, he could tap out. But if he passes out from the pain, or if he can't bring himself to lift himself up, you know, he still could lose. Yeah. Even if he doesn't give up, and I think that that opens up the storytelling possibilities, and it keeps the audience engaged because you you you're watching for him to stay down, and you're watching for him to tap out, and you know he's trying to reverse it, which he eventually does. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but while he's doing that, Purvis like grabbing like Flair's arms to get a bit more. Like, yep, leverage. grabbing his yeah leverage. Yeah, like, just, right behind the referee's back as well. Um, yep. When Savage does the mantle reverse effect, the perfect like grabs Flair's arm to try and like help him out, but it doesn't work from the referee, so the referee just kicks the arm away. <laughs> uh, yep. Very dramatically, I point out. Um, oh yeah, always. Yeah. Um, Flair like continues tapping the leg, but then he he breathes one in a smart package, but he just gets out of it. Um, and then Flair puts Savage in the corner, went left to Liverpool, and it's like going, oh, this is for you, baby, and it starts like still attacking um, Savage in the corner. Uh, Flair then hits a shin breaker, I think. Um, yep, yep. Then, um, Holds onto the foot to put him in sort of a, a insiguri almost kind of setup. But, yeah. but Savage, just no. Savage, as great as he was, is not a man to deliver an insiguri. That's true. Uh, so... <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. Savage like counters a punch and then rolls them up, grabbing the trunks to get the win, and that's it. I mean, well, obviously a bit more after that. But did you think that was a bit of a surprise ending? Because it seems like a bit out of nowhere. But to be fair, I'm so used to seeing, you know, a bit of a build up and then that. But it, it's refreshing. But it's, it just seems. A bit... I, yeah, it's refreshing. I was to say, I actually I love it. I oh, yeah. love that finish, um, especially since we did a we had a false finish where Savage hit the elbow and Perfect pulled him off. Yeah. Um, you know, we had that false finish and, and Savage, you know, part of that works for the narrative. If Savage goes and does the elbow, there's a setup to it. Yeah. You know, you know, perfect can get in position to try and, and, and fuck him over again. But with that quick schoolboy and, and at this point he's, you know, Flair and perfect have cheated enough that if Savage cheats, it's a receipt. Yes. Right. You know, the, the baby face should never, in my estimation, the baby face should never cheat first. Really. No, no, no. Um, and so he's been. They've been cheating so much, though, that it totally works for him to grab the tights and snug the trunks. And the fact that Heenan loses it over oh, him yeah. snugging the trunks is... I love, I love that reaction from Heenan. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it really works. And I, 
people there's always you know a couple of schools of thought but but my thing with modern wwe is that you know you you almost it's almost a certainty that if you haven't seen a finishing move the match isn't going to end yeah you know what i mean and 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 on the flip side in in big matches at, at wrestlemania's you know, if this was a modern WrestleMania, even the WrestleMania of the year before this, Savage hit seven elbow drops on Warrior, and I hate that match. And there are people who love that match, Warrior and uh, Warrior and Savage retirement match. Um, there are people who love that match. I hate that match, and I hate the seven elbows or the five elbows or whatever it is. And that's what you'd see in modern WWE, right? You see Brock Lesnar give three F5s. You see John Cena give, you know, four attitude adjustments yeah. and all this stuff. And, and it's... Like you said, it's refreshing to go back and see Savage wins the title at WrestleMania on a schoolboy. Yeah, one thing I've noticed is, I mean, I, 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 I love the ending because it's completely out of nowhere and it's, and it's, it's surprising, you know, because, like, you know, Flair's going to do it and then all of a sudden, like, like, Savage gets the win out of nowhere. But one thing I've noticed is that with this WrestleMania is that it, I think it's after the Undertaker match. I think most of the matches don't end in the finishing maneuver. Because I know, like, with Shawn Michaels one, I think, um, like, Tito, like, slips and bangs his head and gets pinned. With the Bret Hart match, I think it was, like, a, like a really good it's a, it's combination. It's a suplex. I like that that finish yeah. a lot. And actually, we just, on What a Maneuver, we just recorded about an episode of Raw where they do a similar thing, but they, they don't do it nearly as well. The execution is is bad. Um, but that's a great finish, too, where yeah. um, Hart's got Piper. No, I'm sorry. Piper's got Hart sort of set up for just this sort of standard belly-to-back suplex. Yeah. And uh, Hart kicks off the middle turnbuckle, and they're yeah. both their shoulders are down, and at two, uh, Brett lifts up one of his shoulders, yeah. and they count Piper down, and it's... Yeah, it's, it, I like it, that it looks like it's, like in a, it's like it's been in the middle of a headlock kind of thing, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, it's really good finish with them. Um, so, yeah, so pretty much, like... Obviously, like, he goes ballistic, goes like, I'm going I'm to get to Ric Flair, so he leaves the commentary position. Um, I'd like to point out that the commentary position is like, like miles up in the air. It's not like next to the ring, like, like it is now. Um, the bell rings, you get to see, um, Sav- Elizabeth goes off to um, celebrate with Savage. Um, Flair like, takes a moment to like sink in, grabs Elizabeth and goes like, what about me, what about me? Forcibly kisses her, and Elizabeth doesn't take that well, and starts like, Slapping yeah, him, Blair. slaps him. Then Savage um, goes after him, and the officials try to pull him apart. And what I find, I find really weird is that they keep Savage down, and that gives Flair and Perth the chance to do like a few cheap shots before um, getting told to go away. Um, and then, um, so eventually, Flair and Perfect go away, and Savage and Elizabeth celebrate two fireworks. Uh, and that's the end of the match. And then you get the, um, the interview with. Uh, Sean Reed again has to interview Perfect Flair and Heaney when he walks in and I love the polar opposite of the first interview and like you said before one thing I love about it is that during this match Flair and Perfect cheated like fuck in this match they mm-hmm. cheated so much Savage cheats once and they go fucking ballistic <laughs> and like, they're totally like going oh we were wrestling and like, you cheated and I'm thinking and and Mooney then was going like, but you cheated as well. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I just love it. But one thing I like about the interview as well is that the one that you feel should be the most aggrieved is the most calm in it. And that's Flair. Flair's like very calm. It's like okay, we're just we're just gonna. He's still like doing his like promo. He's like you know his loud boys promo. But he seems like out of the freedom seems to be the most calm, even though he's lost the most. 
which I found really interesting. Yeah. Um, so he's like, oh, we're going to regroup and all that stuff. And then you get the um, bit with, like, Savage being interviewed by me and Gene and Savage like going, oh, no, this title's just a piece and and I want more and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's, I think right. it's, it's one of it's a great match. And then, obviously, um, when we get to the next match, um, don't know, did you see the match after this? This is all I watched. All right. Tonight. Now, pretty much after that... Um, I think it was uh, uh, the model, but while well, the beginning of that, uh, seen, he was like going, oh, we're going to have an... Um, it, like, uh, earthquake and Typhoon versus Money, Inc. Yeah, I think it was like, I think it was the match before that, I, think, I can't remember, but anyway, he's like going, um, he's like talking about the statements, like going to regroup and all this stuff, and like, like, well, this is cause it calls about all the bullshit he's saying, he's like going, well, you know, um, you cheated. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you're lying, you cheated. And then, um, but he gets more hysterical and all that stuff, which I found uh, really funny. So it's good to see, like you know, that that kind of the that consequences of that match kind of like that like, continuing the event a bit. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, so I said, well, it was a, I said, this should have been the main event, but it's one of the things like I think with hindsight, it's one of those matches where you 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 realize it should have been the main event, but you don't realize until after the match. I mean. I mean, a lot of people think about WrestleMania 18, that, you know, Hogan versus The Rock should have been the main event and stuff like that. But um, do you think it should have been the main event before this event, or do you think because Hogan was there, he wouldn't have been the main event anyway? I I think my opinion, and this is just the part of me that I guess is maybe a wrestling traditionalist or whatever, um, I just I tend to think that the title match should be the most important and should be the main event. Yes. Um, and I... I mean, I there are certainly exceptions to that, and I think that that in the case of you know, like you said, Hogan versus Rock, that crowd, I don't think they could have foreseen how hot that crowd was going to be. Yeah. Uh, also, I think that the Jericho H match that that was the main event of that show gets really short shrift because the crowd is just exhausted. Yeah. After the Hogan Rock match, that's still a really good match though, the Triple H uh, Chris Jericho one. Yeah, it is. Wow. Um, the build to it was kind of garbage too with like you know jericho's walking stephanie's dog and all that yeah uh, all that stuff um you know that's not a great build but the match itself is very good and um but i i understand with the benefit of hindsight why you would say maybe rock hogan should have gone on later because it had a much hotter reaction but generally i think you should try to build the title match to have the hottest reaction and you should put the title match on you know last because of that yeah, sure. I mean, so, I... so, and in this case, the crowd, I, th- I feel like, I mean, the Warrior comes back at the end of the Hogan Sid match, which is just a dumpster fire in every way it can be. Yeah. Um, but the crowd is super hot for this match. I feel like in general, except for the Warrior coming back, they're hotter for this match than they are for the main event, the actual main event. And yeah. they should have known. It was a title match. It's two of the, not just two of the best workers they had employed at this time. Yeah. Two of the best of all time. Yeah, that's true. You know? And they had already... These guys had already pretty well cemented their legacies by this point. Right? Savage had been WWF champion for a year. Flair had been, you know, NWA, NWCW champion, you know, however many times over by this point. Had some of the greatest matches that anybody in any company had seen. There's no reason to put Sid and Hogan in the main event spot other than it's Hulk Hogan. Sid is garbage sid is my one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time i think sid is the worst 
guy to reach main event status. The worst. Nobody worse than Sid has been in the main event picture in the history of professional wrestling, in my opinion. Yeah, you find it hard to believe he's WrestleMania's headline two WrestleMania's and a Starcade. Two WrestleMania's and a Starcade and a handful of other pay-per-views besides. Yeah. When you think about it, you know, they're, they're like the big ones, aren't they? So for both companies. So it's a bit weird. It's like he's headlined them three times. You find some people who are really good but never really headlined it. I think in terms of Savage, I think most WrestleMania's he had up until 10 were probably the best match on that card. Um, you know, perhaps like, you know, obviously obviously the match with Steve Bowles probably the best one in WrestleMania 3. Then the year after that, he had... Um, he had several matches. Yeah. Uh, the final match against DBS, he's pretty good. There's a little yeah. bit of hoax nonsense that I don't love, but that's yeah. a pretty solid match. Actually, the best match on that card, I might think, is the, the time limit draw between Rude and Jake might be the best match on that show. Yeah, that's true. But he's always, he's always giving them very... I know you... I personally have not seen WrestleMania 7. It's one of the few WrestleMania's I've not watched, but I'm not even a big fan of that match and stuff like that. But he is generally put on a very good match. That's also just not a very good show, to be perfectly uh, honest. Uh, that show... Oh, man, I'm just looking at the card right now because I had it I had it pulled up. That's the one. The blindfold match is yeah, bad. Much, yeah. uh, Bossman versus Perfect is pretty good. That's probably the best match on that show. Um... Yeah, that's probably the best match on that show. That's not a. It's not a good card. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rockers versus Powers of Pain, or uh, sorry, not the Powers of Pain, uh, Faces of Fear, whatever. Uh, th- that's not terrible, but like Kerry Von Erich versus Dino Bravo, Nasty Boys win the tag titles. Uh, Undertaker squashes Jimmy Snuka. The blindfold match, like it's just not good. Yeah. Legion of Doom versus Power and Glory last a minute. Like, it's just... It's bad news all the way down. Uh, the Mountie beats Tito Santana in a minute and a half. That that show is not good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I'll, I'll still watch it, because it's a Western Mania. But you should watch it just to see. I mean, you might have a different opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason Mann from WrestleSpective uh, likes the blindfold match. We talked about, there's an episode of What a Maneuver EX where we talked about that match. Yeah. And he likes the Ultimate Warrior Andy Savage match a lot. And I think, so do a lot of other people. Um, I think, um, I don't know. I I, I don't want to say people like it and then have them tell me yeah, later. Yeah, sure, yeah. When they hear this, that they don't like it. But, I, I, you know, people like some of those matches. I think that card is, again, among the worst WrestleManias. Yeah. So really it's like WrestleMania 7 through like WrestleMania 11 is like, a lot of those are not good shows. Uh, but whatever. Is, uh, so I would say, yeah, still watch it. But yeah, I mean, your assertion that Savage has one of, if not the best match on the show, is certainly um, legit. Uh, I don't know about um, WrestleMania 2 against George Steele. Uh, that's also not a very good WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but I, that's probably not the best match on that show, actually. The, no, the sure. British Bulldogs versus the Dream Team is probably the only good thing Bruce Beefcake's been involved in. Yeah. Anyways, this is like a huge digression. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. That's <laughs> um, before we end the show, we're going to briefly talk about uh, this year's WrestleMania. And, uh, well, we do, well, there's going to be a special that will be on right before this project gets published about Roadblock and the main matches that, that I know is Dean Bombo's champion, Triple H, who's a champion for the Premier Championship. <laughs> Unless it's going to be a shock, I'm going to say Triple H is going to win that. So um, it, will, it will face Roman Reigns. But it's more of the um, Undertaker match. He's facing a returning Shane McMahon. 
And what do you think about that? Because um, my brain's going, I think, good, but not for WrestleMania. Because you're so used to seeing Undertaker face. You want Undertaker face like a really big name or something like that for WrestleMania. So it's a bit weird facing Shaman Man. Yeah, I just, that's, well, okay. So, so a couple of things. Um, first of all, I, Dean Ambrose, I mean, I, I love Dean Ambrose, and I want to see him win the title. Yeah, same here. There is no way, because it, 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 spir- it, it would be too close to WrestleMania to just totally screw that card up. Yeah. Um, you know... Because then you have to do something with Lesnar and you have to do something with Triple H unless you put them in a four-way and the last time they did a WrestleMania main event, it was kind of boring. So that's not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, So if you're promoting Ambrose versus Lesnar and Triple H versus Reigns, you can't really fuck with that. So I don't think Ambrose is going to win. I think it will be a very good match, though. Oh, it will be. Um, Dean Ambrose, in my opinion, is just... I mean, he's he's the the best guy working today. I actually just turned in my... uh, uh, the wrestling blog 100 for Tom Holzerman, my my ballot for that, and uh, Dean Ambrose is number one for the second year in a row for me. Just right. Dean Ambrose is he can tell a story in the ring like nobody else working today, I, I, I think, and and his promos are his promos are good when they're not trying to force him to do the 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 too crazy thing. Yeah. Um, but when he's got a good when he's got a mic in his hand, like when he was in the Shield, especially his promos were magic. But his matches yeah. have always been great. And I think I've always been a Triple H guy, and a lot of people, you know, don't like that. But I think Triple H, and this might sound a certain way, and I don't mean it to sound that way, like oh, I know better than people who yeah. haven't wrestled. But I think Triple H is a wrestler's wrestler. So sort of the ways there's some bands are just like you know that that band is like a musician's band. If you play music, yeah. you're into that band for whatever reason because you have an appreciation for the technical things they do. And I think Triple H is a wrestler's wrestler. I think. If you have wrestled, you have a different kind of appreciation for what he does. And again, I don't mean that to say that my opinion is better than yours. If you don't like Triple H, just that I think that's why I like Triple H. Well, he, so I think he, that he's my all-time favorite wrestler. So yeah, you have no argument. There you go. Mate. Okay. All right. Um, so I think that that match will be very good, but there's no way that uh, Ambrose wins. Yeah. So we we're gonna have you know the only four matches it looks like that are booked right now, as far as what I'm seeing, are Triple H versus Roman Reigns, Shane versus Undertaker. Uh, Ambrose versus Lesnar and Charlotte versus Becky versus Sasha. Yeah. And I think getting back to your original question, I think it's weird to bring Shane McMahon back. But the, the reason that they always put Shane in matches is so he can have take some ridiculous bumps. And putting him in a cell with Undertaker, he's going to take some ridiculous bumps. Yeah. And, I, and that's really that's it. I don't think he's going to win. I mean, if 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 you if you're of the opinion that you know, having Brock beat him after he had already won 21 straight matches at WrestleMania, tarnished his legacy. You know, having Shane McMahon beat him uh, is is really yeah. going to tarnish that legacy. Yeah, so, I, and I think even WWE knows that. I think this is purely about what what do we know about Shane McMahon's matches? Okay, he fell off the Titan Tron, he got suplexed through the plate glass. Yes. He, you know, all this stuff, and that's what this is all about. It's about selling the spectacle of that dude is going to get the shit beat out of him. You should watch this pay-per-view because Undertaker is going to beat the shit out of that dude. Yeah. And I think that's all that's about. Yeah. Um, and that's was... fine because I think Undertaker's Undertaker's definitely past his prime. I don't think anybody yeah. would argue that. But I think he can still just beat the shit out of Shane McMahon oh, and yeah. people will be into that. So I think that's actually I think that's actually really good booking, honestly. 
Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I've always liked Shane McMahon as a performer. He, I don't know, because I know he's not had that much rest, you know, proper wrestling training. He always seemed a very good tennis story. Cause he always seemed to be like, so he seemed to be like, because he has no training, he's not, technically not a professional wrestler. He's got his ass kicked, but he always finds some way to win through cheating, through friends helping out, and all that stuff. Always, most time, always finds a way to win, or he's going to get to, you know, always put a massive effort in. So something big has happened to him. For him to win, like you know, like being thrown super through a glass and all right. that stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He 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 will put his his story arc is that he he does not have the technical mastery, but he will put his body on the line to yeah. dish out the pain to try to win. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. That's what, so, um, uh, so Reigns. I don't even really want to talk about the Reigns yeah. thing. Reigns is just so there. I mean, I guess he's Vince McMahon's chosen one or whatever, but yeah. I think he is terrible. Uh, on the promos, terrible. Yeah. In-ring, mediocre at best. Um, he's got a good look. That's really the only thing he's got going for him. He's got a yeah. good look, and I don't think that's enough to carry him. And um, I think the match is not going to be very good. And I think that he's going to win, because that's sort of how it's set up. And I yeah. just I hope that they go somewhere else with him almost immediately. I think I think uh, out of the out of the of the shield pe- people that we had, I thought he was the least likely to be champion. The, yeah, he was the weakest link for sure, yeah. in my opinion. Because uh, um, Seth Rollins is like was probably my favorite of the shield. Then he won the money at the bank. He turned heel and became the champion. Um, I don't know if he still would have been still champion if he wasn't injured. But, uh, but I think he, he would. I think he would. I think they would be building towards Rollins versus uh, Reigns. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be. Good at that. I mean, um, I always love Reigns. I like the way he's always been like the cowardly heel at times and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, and also just his voice. It's so high pitched. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems to yeah. suit a heel character. Yeah. Uh, and I think he really came into his own. That's speaking as someone who was not a Tyler Black fan in particular. Right. Uh, but once he made the transition, um, you know, I don't know if they put him through his paces down in Florida or what, but I feel like his work got a lot better when he came to WWE. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's been one of the best guys, and I'm, it's a bummer that he got injured because he has been one of the be- one of the top guys for sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then as far as the street fight, I think that's going to be fantastic. I think the smart move is to put Ambrose over Lesnar. Um, have Ambrose take everything Lesnar can dish out. D- do what do what it looked like you were going to do last year with Reigns. Have him take all those suplexes. Have him take a beating F5 through a table, all that stuff, and have him just keep fighting back. Yeah. And eventually get a good shot and hit a dirty deeds on a chair or something yeah. and have him get the victory over Lesnar. Because Lesnar's not on TV every week. Ambrose is. Ambrose gets that rub and you can push him into the title picture and either have him, you know, join the authority and and pursue Reigns or Reigns maybe turns heel and or whatever. You can you can get him really into the title picture in a really great way with the rub he gets yeah. from taking everything Lesnar can dish out and beating Lesnar. And Lesnar loses nothing. By getting beat by Dean Ambrose, you know. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm just talking about last one. I mean, quite looking forward to seeing the Divas match. I mean, out of the three, I don't think Charlotte's. I think is the weakest. I agree. Uh, Charlotte is absolutely the weakest. But it, it's I, I like Sasha Banks. I think he, she has some tremendous matches with Bailey last year, and I'm starting to like Becky Lynch as well. So I'm happy with either one of those two winning. I, I would like to see Sasha win it before Becky, just because of the sort of time served. And I think that Sasha's a little better. Sasha, though, I mean, like I said, I just turned in my uh, my TWB 100 yeah. for Tom Holzerman, and Sasha Banks was in my top five yeah. uh, for last year. Sasha Banks 
has as I mean, bar none, no uh, you know no qualifier. Sasha Banks is one of the best professional wrestlers working today. Yeah. Um, in any you know in any promotion, she is so good, and I think she deserves to win the title at WrestleMania. And I think that is has and so Charlotte is the weakest link, but she's still also very good. Um, and I think that will, that if they give it enough time and that's always the big thing, like if it's a six minute match, it's going to be shit. If they give it enough time, if they give it 12, 15, you know, fingers crossed 20 minutes, that match will tear the house down, but they have to give it the time. And that's the problem with the divas matches is they don't give them the time. And if they don't give it the time, it's going to be bad. Yeah, I think, I think that's what, it was a four-hour show, but they've had times where they've had like two-minute shows, two-minute matches in a four-hour show. Uh, which actually was my Western of the Year last year, so I am definitely up for that. Um, yeah. So, uh, Joe, where can we find you on the internet? Well, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, which is almost exclusively pro wrestling genre film and old video games, you can do that at shake underscore well. Um, but if you're listening to this, you're probably more interested in specifically wrestling. Um, and I am one half of the What a Maneuver weekly wrestling podcast. You can find that at onthestick.com along with a bunch of other podcasts that I do about movies and video games and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you can follow the What a Maneuver Twitter account, which is all wrestling all the time. That is uh, at what underscore a underscore maneuver. And of course, we also tweet when we post a new episode. But uh, for those who maybe not are not familiar, we have been covering the Monday Night Wars era week by week. Uh, starting, we started with January 1st, 1996, and we are up to about the middle of, not quite the middle of 1998. So there's over 100 episodes. Um, Robert was on one, uh, so you can go check that out, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Right, and for me, um, you can see my blog at lowdownwestern.blogspot.com. Uh, just focus on paper reviews mainly, and occasional uh, printing pieces, and also the podcast is on lowdownwestern.wordpress.com. So, uh, Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And um, until then, take care of yourselves and goodbye.